Hello and welcome back to WRated, Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. This is the second part of our Azu special. We're going to drop you right back in where we're discussing Bruce Willis and his eight nominated films. Enjoy. We have to pay attention and regard and pure disdain, in my opinion, um, to the worst offender of them all who had their own category this year because they appeared in eight different films in 2021. forgot what year it was then. <laughs> um, and you might think, Daisy, wow, eight films. What a marvel. What a you know, leader in their craft, you know, to be committing themselves to the screen. And you know what? If you heard the name of who it is, you'd probably be like, oh, wow. But trust me, if you have seen these films, you will know that there's a reason... That they that there's eight of them, and how he managed to churn them out so quickly. So, the nomination the, the nominated category is dedicated to none other than diehard lead Mr. Bruce Willis. Um, if you don't know, as I've just mentioned, he uh, it's kind of gone on to a bit of a certain avenue, new avenue with his career, where he's decided to um, opt for a lot of straight to on-demand films and I'm not sure when this trend began but what we do know is in the year 2021 he starred in a total of eight and that's why Razzies have given him his whole uh his whole category to have um nominations for the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. Claire anything to preface this section with? Yes so I don't know it, so this this specific category, more than any other kind of... There's always controversy when Razzies come out because Razzies are trash and we shouldn't celebrate the bad, we should celebrate the good and we should lift things up. This category, more than any other one, got real controversy for its lack of tact because there has been a long-running rumour that Bruce Willis is very unwell and that oh. Bruce Willis has been struggling for a number of years with memory problems and may or may not have early onset dementia or Alzheimer's. <gasps> oh. So this has been a long running rumour that has never been officially substantiated, but that he has concerns about his long-term health. And um, he was on a stage version of Misery a few years ago. And yes. it was well known that he had a, a microphone in his ear telling him his lines because he mm-hmm. didn't know his lines for the whole play and he just had a microphone telling him what to read. So when this specific um, category came out, a lot of people like, this is going to age really badly because if he is unwell, mm. and it is true, this is just going to now seem offensive. Got mm. quite a lot of press, lots of people wrote articles, a few people made videos, and then um, on one of the videos where someone was talking about it, um. So I copied this from an article, um, but basically Matt Escandry, who directed um, some of Bruce Willis's films, including Hard Kill, Spy of the Night and Trauma Centre, actually commented on one of the YouTube videos about this nomination category and about the memory loss rumours. Um, and so one of the comments on the YouTube videos was, um, I read somewhere that Bruce Willis has dementia, so he's not really aware of what's going on around him. They wrote in reply to the video taking the piss out of these films and about the nominations. 
And this um, director, Eskandri, replied, yes, this is true, my guy. I directed four films with him, so I know firsthand. It's a sad situation seeing a legend like Bruce deteriorating right in front of your eyes. I saw it while working with him over the last two years. So the 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 theory is that he is worried about money he is worried about leaving money to his wife his ex-wife his children Mm -hmm. so he is going and making as many of these films as he can Mm -hmm. to make money then Mm -hmm. there's also the theory which i more subscribe to bruce willis has always been a very hard-working man he started out young in the industry and he worked hard and he's always worked and he's you know always had the reputation and he's come back and he's going not to be kind of basic but men tend to not cope well with not being useful men like to be seen as strong and useful and don't like to give up power and so i can imagine that this is a man who has spent most of his adult life working and being proud of his work and being proud of being a money maker who is now refusing to step down and admit that maybe he might be sick and take a step back and which makes sense why he's he's on these smaller films because mm-hmm. if he is in that way he probably won't wouldn't get past the risk assessment yeah for bigger films and one of the things that i noticed when we were watching the film and because of my handy dandy letterbox stats is that most of these films are directed by the same people in the same places with the same cast and crews that come in and cycle in so my and this is completely unsubstantiated this is just the story that i've made up in my head having watched these films is that he has found either a studio or a number of creatives that he feels comfortable with that he mm-hmm. trusts that allow him to go and do the work that he wants to do in the way that he can do it you can tell in most of these films he is on the poster of every single one of them and i would say he is in less than a third of all of the films maybe one or two he's a tiny bit more but in a lot of them yeah even less there are some of them where you can actively tell he has never been even in the same room as the people he is acting on screen with Mm -hmm. is it i think it's apex you Mm. could tell he was never ever even in the same studio. I think there was one shot of him knocking a gun out of someone's hand. And it's the same Midnight in the Switchgrass with Megan Fox. There were two shots that him and Megan Fox were in, even though all of their scenes were together. And you could tell they weren't together in those scenes. Mm. Um, So I think he has found a community that he feels safe with. I think he's found a bunch of people who he feels trust in and who he can do the work that he both wants to, is able to, that isn't too pressured. Um... And I'm okay with that. I think yeah. it must I mean, be very this hard. This has completely, completely changed my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't sure stuff. if you knew about this. Because in our outline, I just wrote Bruce Willis thing. And I didn't know if you would know what that meant. No idea. So yeah, it is. And it and makes even, so much sense. And even I don't know, because I don't know what order I watched the eight films in. But even watching the difference, you can see the deterioration in some of the mm. films. And some of the films, he's there, he's present, he's acting. So think the one dangerous, and um, the one in the dangerous. water. That's the um, dangerous. Oh, sorry, the... da- I don't mean dangerous. Then. Um, the one, them. the one where he's in the water thing and he's going to blow up the water and flood the oh, town. I literally just finished that deadlock. So, deadlocked. He, yeah, he was. He's, he's in that one. He's I'm acting. Sorry. He's present. He's in the room. He's with the actors. And I say he's but good because how bad he is in the other ones. Where is Cosmic Sin? Is he even in? Like, I is he think there? I would say that Deadlock is his best, mm-hmm. and um, Fortress is his absolute worst, in my opinion. Which is the one with Jesse Metcalf and oh. Chad Michael Murray. 
I liked it because I liked Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> but this is the thing, is because because they've got oh, Justin so Metcalf no, I thought the and other Chad one. Michael, I thought the, the other, other one with Chad Michael Murray was worse. The one um, survived the game. No, where, that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where like also known all as the other characters are all the other characters are running around a field and Bruce Willis is tied up on a chair in a completely different place no, and he no, never so sees any of them. There's like various elements to this, right? There's his actual performance and then there's what he's been given to work with. And I think they are And also different. what his character is doing is and a what third his, his element character to that. Is. And I think with them, um, if we just sort of skim the, the films. So first of all, we've got Apex. Oh, sorry. First of all, we've got American Siege, which is, and we should, we should note that all of these characters are related to some form of law enforcement <laughs> oh can i so can i give my recipe for these films i've come up with a oh, recipe God, yeah, go, go on go, go okay on. the films have to be set somewhere in the south of america they yes. have to involve someone who was either an ex-law enforcement officer or ex-army navy some sort of armed forces mm-hmm. they have to involve a corrupt cop and the character <laughs> the main character must take down a bent police force multiple people must die and my biggest regret of this whole thing is that i did not do a dead count for these movies because i would have loved to have known which one had the highest body count and mm-hmm. um, uh they bruce willis always has to play a good guy even in the one film where he plays a bad guy he still ends up kind of playing a good good guy he's just a vengeful yeah um and they have to have at least one if not the best ones have multiple cw actor who you once knew from one of your favorite teen shows <laughs> i like it i think you're spot on yeah they're spot my recipe on. oh and they also almost always have to be um filmed on location in some sort of forest forest for sure for sure i yeah, started that's to pick my up recipe on, to make sta- one of these films i started to pick up on the forest thing about the third or fourth film yeah. and i and i was because it's because i was so my boyfriend had told me about the red letter media video mm-hmm. that i wanted to send you which is basically like what's going on with bruce willis but it didn't really go into like i think they might have mentioned the potential illness but it was more about the films it's themselves mm-hmm. um and they kept getting confused because they were, they were like, isn't the one in the forest? And then me and him, when we were talking about it, were going, is that the one in the forest? I was like, yeah. well, they're all in the forest. Basically. Is that the one where he plays the ex-police officer in the forest with the dead yeah. son? Or the one where he plays the ex-army officer in the forest with the dead daughter? So, or the dead wife? Now that we've rounded up what these films are like, we don't really need to go into too much detail with the plot. Not that they're very enthralling to begin with. But um, mm-hmm. just, just sort of like top line thoughts about potentially bruce in each thing so oh, america go on you go. Sorry, no, i was just gonna say reason. about bruce and mm-hmm. then maybe just like what we thought of the film overall if there was any sort of like good mm-hmm. or bad elements because so, i have a big grand theory about the films as a whole that they're all like in the all same universe <laughs> no they are they're men's hallmark movies they're <gasps> hallmark movies for men oh my god that's what they are they're just so Hallmark right. movies for men. Because and we would and this is what has annoyed me about these films being in this. We would never and maybe it's because mostly most of the Razzie voters tend to be men, we would never watch all the Hallmark movies, both Christmas and non Christmas, and equate them to the Oscar nominated movies. So mm. why are we equating these movies to other movies? They're a different class of film. They are Hallmark movies for men. They are for men that just want to put Channel 5 on while they put their hand down their pants. These are Channel 5 movies. They are Channel 5 movies with more violence. They can't be on Channel 5 because it's too much shooting. But they, or, or they could be on in the evening. 
these are films that my grandpa would stumble upon and then continue to watch and then tell my grandma everything that happened but because he'd only seen half the film what he's explaining to her doesn't make sense and then she will get annoyed and confused and he won't understand why those are these are these films yeah but they're they're channel five hallmark movies but for men so let's stop pretending that they're ever going to be the same caliber as another film Someone has just cracked the formula that Hallmark did years ago for bored women at home and done it for bored men at home. And Because there's a pandemic what? now. There's more there's men at home. Now. Which also is why I think that there were so many of them were set in a forest because it was a lot cheaper for pandemic rules because you didn't mm. need to wear masks and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, they reminded me, I don't know how much like performing artsy you were as a kid. No. no, I didn't think. I wish that I, was I bit, had been more, but I was like a big performing arts kid, and so like I used to go on like day camps, like performing arts, where you'd like go and meet kids from other schools, and you'd like learn how to write plays, and like you'd all go into a corner in groups, and you'd like come up with a play and write the play together, and then you'd like act out the play at the end of the day, and I have in my head turned all of these films into a giant camp that all of these actors and directors and writers all live in this giant camp together and every day it's one of their turns to write the script and that person goes and writes the script and then comes back in the morning the next day and it's like this is our play today and they so they're film all it taking all in one different day. roles yeah they, they like, okay i'll be the tough cop this time okay i'll be the idiot bumbling one this time and then like bruce always gets the tough guy and then they all just run around having a great day in the forest filming this silly little film with their mates and then they all get to go home and make some money and i'm like i love it i am in so much support i've never heard like like, that is so spot on to describe these films It's all that reminds you. I was like, oh my god, these these are kids at camp, and they are just they're just having fun, and they're just making movies. And the fact that it's always the same actors turning up, and it's like, so you can imagine like Chad Michael Murray. He only comes on certain days. It's like, oh, I'll come on Saturdays. I'm uh-huh. not gonna come every day, uh-huh. but I'll come on Saturdays. So he only gets to be in like four of the five, or so like one of the five, or whatever. But like, um, it's camp. It's camp for bad actors, and then Bruce is just like their champion. And I just loved it. And I'm, I'm Bruce is like the drama teacher. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah. he's like, you can put me in one role, but I'll only yeah. be in three scenes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like I told you before we start recording, I feel more stupid by the end of watching all of these 22 films. I genuinely feel more stupid as a person. I've lost brain cells. Um, I've lost the ability I've to lost understand the will to live, art. to be quite honest with you. But I, by the end of watching all of these, there's eight of these and there are like two other films that would kind of be similar I think categories. that's why the... I the, love them. This year I got so invested so, by the end. I feel like this is why this year has been such a slog. Yeah. Well, because neither there's like of these us are big action fans either. Eight, no. So this, this is, is not our genre. No. That being said, I did enjoy the experience um, i really liked a couple of them because they were better than the others I okay i'm interested to see what we thought of each one so but yeah if... i want to go to bruce willis southern hick then cop camp <laughs> please can i come and be in one please of the films submit our application no. <laughs> okay so let's kick off so just really really top line um american siege is essentially a hostage situation um with you guessed it, Brillis is the sheriff. Br- Br- what did I say? Brillis? Bruce, Br- Bruce Willis Br- is the sheriff. Um, and essentially it's this group of people who want to find out what happened to um, their sister slash ex-girlfriend. And it's all an underground uh, drug ring, essentially. Um, I thought that this was the one that used Bruce Willis the least and he could easily have been chopped out of it. Um, but I did like the um, being in the house 
scenario and I wonder if it had been thought about a bit more they could have said it without ever leaving the house and that could have been quite interesting but yeah I mean cheaply made bad effects and I was <laughs> that's that's also one of the things about all of these films is for the large majority of them Bruce being in them makes them worse because they have to then it go does. and take time to go and follow Bruce when actually the interesting things are happening yeah. with the weaker actors. Yeah. But because it's interesting, you'd rather just stay with them. But it's like, it's no, true. we've got to cut to our Bruce section right now. It's like t- like on the news. And now back to Bruce for the staring <laughs> in the sky and looking grumpy. Literally. So that's what I kind of liked about it was there was this an was interesting... This was a mid one for me. Yeah. Yeah. This was a mid for me because yeah. again I had a real problem with how old the people they they'd all been plotting this for ten years but they all looked about twenty two so I was like how how long have you been plotting this mass murder because you look like children and so yeah, I had a problem with some of the aging which came up a lot in these films again because I feel like they write the characters and then yeah. they just look at who's in on the day yeah. <laughs> like what character Agreed. do you want like in a very dra- <laughs> like you say very drama camp yeah. Um, but yeah I agree that in the grand scheme of things that's pretty mid. Um, mm-hmm. Then we had Apex, which was god awful. God, god awful. The plot is essentially this cat and mouse set up. Um, what was that film that was out last year? The Hunt. The hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, people, rich people, pay to hunt down prey. They bring Bruce Willis in, who's like basically like a bit of a rogue, committed all of these crimes, um, and he is a bit of a challenge for them. He spends his whole time walking around in a forest, dawdling, dawdling, gets high high on berries. There's no sense of any kind of jeopardy for him at any point. Not because he's like super hard and like ex-naval forces and all this. Purely purely just because he's literally nowhere near any any danger at all. So I I thought it was awful. (laughs) And the effects, the green screen at the end, Claire, the green screen at the end. So I really liked this one because I really like Neil McDonough. I knew you were going to bring him up. I love him. I think he's great. He was in all the CW Arrowverse shows. He was in Desperate Housewives. Done a lot of stuff, good and bad. He was Um, in I Know Who Killed Me. Oh yeah, he was. He was the dad. I thought that's where you were going to mention. No, no, I forgot. Oh, you forgot. Yeah, I did. But I said in that film, I just really like Neil McDonough because I really like him in all of the CW shows. Oh, listen, he he went ham. He was great. And he's into that. So I was really, really. He delivered. He understood the assignment. Yeah, he did. So all the scenes that he was in, I was like rooting for it. The scenes that he weren't in were absolute dog shit. I got really confused about the lore of the film because I was like, do they die in real life if they die in here? Because they don't seem that. Because Bruce gets them all to turn on each other, but they didn't really seem that bothered that all their friends were dead. And then at one point they randomly just invite a load of people from the real world in and they're just like cannon fodder. And I was like, who is that willing to go into a game just to be shot immediately? I was very confused. Um, But I like Neil McDonough, so it was one of the ups for me. Fair. I I think this really got to me in terms of the whole Bruce not being in the same room as anyone. Yeah, this was the... Um, this was the low. This was an example of in that video I mentioned about how when he's reading his lines, he hasn't got any context of what he's responding to. So no. he just says them all in the same way. Monotone. And like and staring it's just this off weird, Just off. He's Not got quite this off. weird, like, knowing smirk that's kind of like joke, jokey. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's just it's like very strange. You know, when people are yeah. a bit like, oh, you know, it's just all very strange. Um, 
cosmic sin we are actually going to have to delve in a bit further with next week because it's on the bottom 100 i don't know how that got on the bottom 100 but none of this other shit did i think i think of the eight films it's the one that's disturbing of being on the bottom 100 i do think it's the one that's. i can't believe that i have to do this one because it's the one that i remember the least because it's the worst and it doesn't really have a plot and it's very confusing i'm going to attempt to explain the plot we're only on three of eight and I already <laughs> so the plot what can I remember um, something about aliens well no it's set, it is set on earth but and it's set in the future Sorry. set in the future there's aliens there's like space missions and then basically you know they're just monitoring for other life and all that jazz they find it um, it's a bit hostile so it becomes a little bit of a shall we the whole crux of the plot is the question of do you preempt by attacking an unknown potential threat to exterminate the threat or do you risk l- them attacking you right you've that's made like, that sound a lot better than but that's but that's <laughs> but that's what it's supposed yeah. to be yeah <sighs> But, but with just... the production value of the late 90s Power Rangers TV show. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty spot on. That's pretty spot on. Um, Which was and... made by Saban, and these are all made by Saban Films, so they might uh, actually be the same maybe. production company. I don't know. And they basically bring in Bruce Willis, who's like an ex-army guy that got, um, that got kicked out because he's too ruthless and all this crap, and... He used to date another person who's there and they all have to go into space because, you know, it's a whole Armageddon situation <laughs> where they apparently can't find anyone better. And they've got, like, these these crazy, like, space space things that means they can time jump or, I don't know, wormhole to an alien We've planet. We've got a whole episode about it next week, Daisy. You're doing well. Move on. Yeah, I'm moving on. I can on. see well, your face dying. The, the least... <laughs> said about that the better that one it's because i can't remember it deadlock right deadlock i've just watched deadlock above average for bruce willis is that the water one yes so sit on a dam um he's not he's not marketed as the lead for this one which i think he He was the villain in this really benefits from he was the villain in this one i thought there was a fantastic change of pace Mm -hmm. um essentially sit on a dam um people come on take people hostage led by Bruce Willis, they open the gates and essentially the threat is that they'll flood the, the town, city, whatever, mm-hmm. unless he gets certain people in to question them about accidentally killing his son and then covering it up. Mm-hmm. And these like people were setup. these people were police. Um, that's it, really. And then mm-hmm. there's a guy who's the lead guy. It's a, it, people have said it's die hard on a, in a dam. <laughs> There's a lead. There's there's a guy who's supposed to be hostage, but he's gone rogue and he wasn't supposed to be in that day, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of basically saves everyone. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think in terms of it being shot, it was almost like well made. Like they had steady cams yeah. for one. This one had the. This one had seemed like it had. This the one most had some cam. This one had some camera rigs, so we yeah. knew we were in business. Um, and it had it had scenes <clears throat> of multiple people in a room at the same multiple time, people not just random one shot yeah. sliced together. Bruce Willis was clearly in the room with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, a rare treat. So yeah, I think in summary, for that one, a thumbs up in context. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, we would recommend it, but... But we had to watch them, so... Fortress. Um, Fortress. Um, I liked, because it had Child Michael Murray in. He was great as a villain. Yeah, he was was... hamming that. He knew his assignment. He was hamming that up. He was on the phone in his little waistcoat. (sighs) Yeah, great. Very well dressed. Jesse Metcalf was also um, in it, and he, I think he he did well with what he was given he really gave it his all he the emotion was there you know? i wasn't sold on the plastic surgery bimbo barbie lara croft <laughs> sidekick girl <laughs> well, she, didn't she play his niece in a different film Bruce yeah. Willis's niece yeah and survive the i was like please don't please don't make them her a love interest because that's really confusing for me no she was jesse metcalf's love interest but she ran around in like a sports bra and tiny mm. shorts that was great all the, no, all I, the other I, women are wearing full army gear it's just and she's the one that didn't die. And somehow, yeah, no, it's just a classic situation of, oh no, my jacket. Oh. But again, this is also the point in which I felt this was still the point in these films where they were still trying to make coherent stories that made sense. Mm. Because again, mm. Bruce was still in some of these wider shots. And mm. that like he was clearly in the room sometimes with some of so the this cast. One, this one, I think the cast is some of the strongest. Mm-hmm. The story is probably the equally complex enough to be interesting but also coherent mm. enough yeah. so it's like a good balance between complex mm. and coherent like multi-layered or whatever like there was a through line here you know obviously there was a reveal yeah. you know the plot unfolded yeah. it had shannon doherty from charmed in and i loved it charmed, so i enjoyed that um but i thought it had bruce's worst acting in i mm. really did mm. i think but this the is why i feel with, like the scene with jesse metcalf with, this with, is the point in just... which I think, I don't know what order they were made in, but in my mind, the way that I've ordered them, I feel like this was his last time mm-hmm. he like he was barely turned up. And yeah. then from then on, that's when it goes to the ones where you know he was never in the room and he's in a different screen recording them by themselves. So I feel like this was his last time mm-hmm. where he showed up and it wasn't he wasn't engaged anymore. No. Um, but they are doing a sequel to this one, and I am Yeah, there's a trilogy band, apparently. I- I'm kind of excited about it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I really like Chad Michael's character. I love him playing a villain. He was great in Riverdale. Oh, well, let's be honest, I'm going to watch it. He played a cult leader. <laughs> We're get- Daisy, do you know there are between 8 and 11 of these films planned for next year? Ooh. For this current year, for 2022. 8 I to 11 of them are going to be released. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. It's currently almost 11pm on a Wednesday night and Daisy <gasps> is flagging. Claire is yep. five glasses deep in whiskey and has the next five days off. Daisy, however, has started rubbing her eyes in quite a stressed <laughs> way. Yeah, I'm pretty stressed. Um, <laughs> I'm just tired. Um, it didn't help that I had to watch the last one when I got home from work, <laughs> cook dinner, wash up, and then settle in to talk about it for three hours. But, you know... We do these things for you, the listeners. <laughs> Moving on. Midnight in the Switchgrass. Now, I felt like this was a little bit of a, probably the most, the, the one, one of these things is not like the others kind of vibe mm-hmm. in that this was a very, this is more of a thriller than an action mm-hmm. film. Um, and it was very much not focused on Bruce Willis's character or whatever. Whereas the other ones tried to make him seem like he was in the film more than he was. I don't really feel like they even tried in this one, although he was on the, on the poster. But this is essentially about uh, uncovering someone who is a serial killer who is murdering prostitutes, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, also kidnapping young girls. 
which I thought was really interesting. I thought compared to some of the other ones that would uh, yeah. stuff that I'd watched, I was really intrigued was... by the plot. Mm-hmm. I thought Emil is it Emil Hirsch? Mm-hmm. I thought he wasn't outstanding but it was nice to watch someone you know competent he's a good actor yeah he's a good actor even when he's not outstanding and that's like i felt like this with a stronger director just mm-hmm. completely cut bruce willis out because he was yep. completely oh, so pointless so pointless and he with a stronger took the tone yeah the t- he took the tone completely off in the wrong direction down. the tempo everything the pace but he just every made everything seem, just... seem like a joke and yeah wasn't a joke film at all it was a serious, but upsetting like, film. We've all seen Emil Hirsch do wonderful things with the right script and the right director. We've seen Megan Fox do wonderful things with the right script and the right director. And they are the two leads in this film, no matter what the poster tells you. And I felt like they were both doing okay. And I feel like this could have actually, this one had the most promise. It kind of reminded me of an episode of like CSI or NCIS mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And that's also kind of what all these films are as well. They're, they're hallmark for men and they're also like, mid tv that doesn't really get made anymore because mm-hmm. we only make prestige tv like uh, a yeah, episodic I, yeah like monster I, or serial killer of the week kind of thing yeah but yeah really i quite liked this one because it yeah, was basically a true story and was an interesting story and the guy who was the killer is also been in a few things as well mm-hmm. but i can't think yeah. of he's i think he's a bit of a character actor yeah um also should be said this is the film that megan fox met machine gun kelly yeah and then mm-hmm. we all have experience that so the the Um, scene with them in together was not good that that should have got worse scream combo with that That instead um she got what megan fox got worst actress which Which i don't think is deserved yeah yeah um i was as well bringing up emil hirsch he wrote the story for another one of these films i can't remember which one but at the end of one of them it came up story by emil hirsch so he's obviously at the camp (laughs) he goes to camp too Love that it all it's all starting to make sense. It's just like Adam that's Sandler. That's when it came up with the camp like film. Adam the camp Sandler camp, but that's like a mansion. This is yeah. full on like scouts. in the woods. Yeah, but that's I think that's when the theory came full circle for me because I was like, right, they're even writing the films for each other. I was like, they're they're all just a load of buds mm-hmm. in the woods during pandemic, making some shit films, having some laughs, shooting some guns. Like they 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 as long team- as they're having fun. They're teenagers pe- playing dress up. Is what yeah. these whole films are, and they get to That's hang true. out with Bruce. Like I'd do it too. Yeah, I I imagine they're all like having the time of their life being yeah. in the same room as Bruce. Will- well, maybe not the same room. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be allowed to be in the same room as him. <laughs> so we've got two more to go. So yeah. the next one is um, Out of Death, which is a really strange um, title. This is, I think, one of Bruce's better performances he's in it a lot more um but it's one of his strongest i'm clearly not in the room with anyone else performances yes other than when he's in the woods with the main girl in that one but that's only like three scenes the most okay so he's not he's not he's not in it i feel like maybe this is mid then this isn't this isn't his worst but but it's not his best um essentially a uh, a woman, a hiker who is taking her dad's ashes to, I don't know, the top of a hike trail, happens to see um, a corrupt cop shoot dead her drug. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, yeah, essentially he's dealing her drugs and she's sending them. No, he, she's the giving him Sorry, the drugs. Yeah. Drug he's runner. Distributor. Runner. Drug runner. Distributor. Yes. Distributor. Um, 
kills him dead and then she witnesses it so then she gets hunted and then he just happens to be staying bruce happens to be staying in a nearby cabin and then happens upon i don't know something dodgy and then decides because he's an ex-cop he's gonna fix it and turns out all of the 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 police local police force are corrupt um and he and then the niece who is bimbo lara croft in the other one she gets tangled up in it because she's taken as a hostage but it's very much a cat and mouse kind I kind of vibe. the deaths in this one. I felt like this one had the most fun with itself. I felt like this I, one. I would... actually really liked the the bad guys. Yeah. I don't think the, that I they, they were, were particularly. Fun. They were cartoony, villainy, bit cartoony. In a good way. They were like, yeah, like they were like the cats, the cat and the fox in Pinocchio. Does that make sense? That They're does. kind of just like hamming it up. They're isn't these, this the one with the great like, coke shot where she like shoots yeah. him and the coke explodes and she's all like, like, oh no. Like, they're like these all dastardly villains. Yeah. 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 And they're all having, they, she's got like a proper southern drawl and like, there's just a bit, it, they're a bit idiotic. They're yeah. a bit like, don't know any better. And they're having their strings pulled by the puppet master yeah. who's like, yeah. Her brother, the, the the younger brother of one of them, yeah. But yeah, he's so like the oh, chief. He, oh, he's running he, for mayor, and he's in three at least three of these films. Yeah. That guy, yeah. Sometimes he has a moustache, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> um, and, and then, then the last one is "Survive the Game," which didn't really have anything to do with the game, and I was confused no. by the title. Its UK name is "Killing Fields," which makes a bit more sense because they are running around some fields. And they're doing a lot of killing. This is I'm another Chad Michael Murray one. This is another Chad Michael Murray one, but he hasn't really given much to do here. Oh god, no. so. he is sad because his wife died. He is like he sad only ever t- But hold on, hold on. His my wife. His, his daughter died as well, and he never talks about that. He only ever talks about his wife. And, I love and then he, and then and then at the moment and then at the end he goes, oh, and my daughter died too. <laughs> but I love that. Then they do this big flashback where you find out how his wife and daughter died, and it's because the daughter dropped a bunny rabbit, and while controlling the car, he just completely turns around to pick up the bunny rabbit but like a fucking is, moron. But why in films is it always that? It's always that. It's always this. There was another. There was Don't another person in the car. I mean, in fairness, I, I, I've definitely, like, Leno, but I look at the road, I don't completely turn around. It, it, car driver, I'm a car driver, we, we, we get cocky. But it was it was just the way that he spent the whole film being like, my wife, she is dead. And then you're like, she died over a purple stuffed bunny rabbit that the kid wasn't even crying about. Mate, what is wrong with you? I know, I know. Um, I'm not going to lie, this one I was on my phone on the last third. Every other one I've paid attention to because I forced myself. Oh, no. I did 200 levels of Gardenscapes, which is basically like Canyon Grass. 200 levels while watching these movies. Oh no, I paid attention to them properly. Which oh, I is paid probably... attention, but like, my, oh, no, brain was so unst- my brain was do. so unstimulated that I needed, yeah, I just I needed did. to move the pretty colours into squares. I had my fidget cube out for most of it. Ah, that was, yeah. Um, but this one, I don't remember what happened at the end. But I'm, so this one's really just, stupid. There was just a big fight, basically. It starts off with a gunfight, and one of the police officers runs away and ends up at Chad Michael Murray's cabin in the woods that has no Wi-Fi, no phones, and no connection to the outside world. The people that are chasing him have a big connection of people who chase him to the house, and for some reason have a, have, have taken Bruce Willis hostage and just have Bruce Willis hostage in the back of a car 
and then they're in Chad Michael Murray's house, and then it's this other guy in Chad Michael Murray running around the field for ages, and yet somehow they manage to outsmart a team of ten people. Um, yeah, so basically, but, some people yeah. witness a crime. The other, well, the, the, there's a sting, and then yeah. and then someone gets shot, and then because they've seen the crime then the people who did the crime try and kill the people that saw the crime, but the people that saw the crime are actual police officers. And then, yeah, the farmer gets involved because fake Harley Quinn and Joker and his farmer. Why was she dressed as Harley Quinn? Because the men love to see it. It was so distracting. Well, it's just, it, you could have done everything, but you had to put the little heart under your eye, like... really, so really... All right, Daisy, you look like you are flagging, so I'm going to quick fire the next films at you because okay. I need you are suffering and you yeah, really, really suffered am. through 22 films. So, we have not talked about Dangerous, which is basically, in my opinion, one of these Bruce Willis films, just not with Bruce Willis in it, had Mel Gibson. Just with instead. Scott Eastwood instead. And um, Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson. What was interesting about this one, Scott Eastwood's nominated for. Um, for the actor is Mel Gibson nominated as well no no oh um is that I uh, he's the whole thing is that um this guy who's an ex-criminal his brother dies he goes to the funeral turns out his brother is like tied up in some 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 dodgy shit that he also used to be involved in and then there's bad guys you know taking people hostage like you can the whole shtick you know what we've been talking about this whole time with the other ones which is why we think it should be part of the bruce willis stuff um the thing with the performance is is that he is technically a sociopath he doesn't experience Mm -hmm. emotions like Mm -hmm. neurotypical people do um so he's supposed to take medication and he has mel gibson as his therapist so no chance of any kind of you know (laughs) resolution there but so it makes sense that he's that his acting is wooden because it's not I supposed to be. I thought it made sense. Mm. And then as it sort of invo- evolved that that he had those problems, I was like, interesting. This is a really interesting way to go. Then, of course, they do nothing with it. And then all of a sudden when he's off his meds, he's like crazy joker, like, I've got a machine gun. And it's just and once again, the ex-army man can take on 20 bumbling buffoons with only one gun because that's how these films go. Yeah. So there's that. And Mel Gibson is doing a bit of a Bruce Willis where he's only in yeah. one room and not talking to it. He's talking to everyone on the phone, so he's never yeah. in the room. Do you think that was his real house? Nah. Just, well, he might have been, 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 been on house arrest. So Just for maybe. the epitome of lazy, do you think that was actually his house? He didn't even, he didn't even leave the home. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. All right. Um, next film we haven't spoken about for worst supporting actor, Ben Affleck in The Last Jewel. I loved this film. This film has no business being anywhere near the Razzies and I'm Uh. quite, quite disturbed that it's got nowhere near the Oscars either. So I saw this film for the first time in September at Venice Film Festival, which was the world premiere. I was very excited to go and see that. I then also got to go to the UK premiere and see it again. And then I also watched it. So I've seen this film three times in the last six months. Um, I adore it. It was one of my top films of 2021. How the fuck was Jodie Comer not even nominated for fucking BAFTA? What the fuck? No idea. Disgusting. I am on the record from the first time I saw it was not liking Ben Affleck's performance. Ben Affleck is doing a different film to the others. I have been told by other people why it works. On rewatches, it's jarred me less and less. Why does it but work? 
Is that an offline conversation? No, just because Ben Affleck is there as a comedy relief and to show how ridiculous the monarchy is. Well, it's like the absurdity thing, right? Yeah, the absurdity, whereas I really didn't like it because it detracted me from the seriousness of the rest of it. But the more I've watched it, the less it bugs me. Um, mm-hmm. But like my my review from Venice is on record as saying I thought he was the, the weakest part of the film. That being said, what the fuck is he doing in this category? What? Why? What are, what are you... All, I mean, I'm pleased that the Razzie pe- people that vote in the Razzies watched the movie. That makes me happy because apparently no one did because it's nominated for nothing else. It's currently on Disney+. Plus. You should fucking watch it. That's it's why I watched brilliant. it. I'm really glad you liked it too because it's a wonderful film and it was in my top 15 of last year. And Again, I it's, it. just, it's just one of those ones where they're like, oh, this is something that seems a bit jarring so it means it's bad. Yeah. No, not necessarily. Yeah, and as someone, like I say, who's rewatched it a couple of times, it actually is much less jarring once you've watched it once. Um, so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, in worst supporting actor, Nick Cannon in The Misfits. I'd oh. like to go on record and say, I fucking hated The Misfits. It was like if you'd taken a CBBC show from the last 10 years, gave it a larger <gasps> budget, and then made me suffer through it. It gave CBBC it like a vibes. CBBC show. The, the scene at the end where they're all at the pool and they clink their little glasses. I was like, this is just like Miami 7. It's probably, I'm watching S Club 7 stuff because I'm S Club, an S Pod thing. I'm going back for a second episode. But this was like if they gave them money and the S Club 7 movies are better than this fucking movie. Scene I hate this movie. double. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Scene double. Yeah. Um, I liked it because it was like a CBBC <laughs> film. And at that point I'd seen so much crap. I was just enjoying like fast-paced editing and like fun music and like something that didn't star bruce willis see Um, you had the opposite reaction to me that i'd watched so many bruce willis films but then when i watched these films i was like no you had money so you should be better these bruce willis films were made on a shoestring they have an excuse to be shit you should be better because you had money i think the thing with nick cannon is and i think there's i don't think he's the only nomination right the other thing was screenplay. I get, I get the screenplay thing. It was a little bit. The whole thing was a bit. Rob, it was meant to be a bit Robin Hood. It had Chris Brosnan mm-hmm. as a con man and everything like that. And the screenplay, like some of the dialogue, was just trying so hard. Yeah. Um. But I kind of just, I just enjoyed it for what it was. Nick Cannon is meant to be a bit like the narrator of the thing, which I don't think it really needed. And also, he's just in a vest all the time, and I don't really understand why. No, he has a load of weird costumes he everyone looks weird really get like things. jamie jamie uh is it jamie chung i can't remember what her name is oh i can't remember her name is she's um ridiculous. she's gorgeous and she's she's like this oh jamie chung m- yeah yeah, yeah. man hating assassin um she's got big daddy issues and all of this and like it's not necessarily a badly written character it's just how how people write women yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's very, a very basic character very basic but she I, I just like her, so. I like um, her. Yeah. And then the the other guy had absolutely nothing to do, um, a sidelined Asian character. Asian character. He falls over um, a lot and looks cute. I wondered if he was like maybe an Asian, ma- like maybe from like one of a pop star, star or something, maybe a K-pop star potentially. Yeah, because they kept giving him moments where he swooshed his hair as if like that was a signature thing, and I didn't get it. Yeah. And I wondered if maybe he is like a star somewhere else. But like. Yeah, Nick Cannon was meant to be like the lead of the Misfits and whatnot, and meant to be this like I don't know charismatic like um, 
funny like uh con man but you never actually see him do anything <laughs> no and he had a weird humor about him that the rest of them didn't seem to the rest of them seemed to be playing it very serious and so like, i think he was meant to be the like, the funny guy he was meant to really be the break break the full fall guy yeah um, really didn't work for me the costumes like his little fancy dressings really didn't work like everyone for me. Really oh dodgy. no wait 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 when he's pretending to be the safety inspector oh. i did find that funny <laughs> I, do, I, I can't tell you what was offensive about this film, but I felt like this film was Everything? super racist and super offensive a number of times. Oh, well, he did, you know, dress up as a shade, so... Yeah, it was just... Oh, and also, as someone... I loved the bit where they're, like, in Abu Dhabi and they clearly are fucking not in Abu Dhabi whatsoever. I was like, I I've been to know, Abu Dhabi. Don't... It just made me laugh. I was like, you were on a soundstage. Because then he gets in the car and they go for, like, the fast drive around Abu Dhabi. And I'm like, oh, that you got you got the money to make this film from that car company mm. who just did a B crew in Abu Dhabi where they drove a man mm-hmm. around in that car and you were on a green screen right And they now, were like, we get to, to have James car. Bond in the car? Wonderful. Yeah, it just made me chuckle. Yeah, this was um, just a bit of a messy straight to prime Yeah, it's a CBB thing. Show. But I, 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 I think you spot on with the CBBC thing. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Fair enough. House of Gucci, Fabulous <gasps> House of Gucci. Oh my God. I Can took myself just... to the cinema to see this and it was really <sighs> traumatic. <laughs> Lady Gaga and Adam Driver getting it on in a. Uh, in in a in a in a car in a cabin a in a car cabin. park a port cabin that's what I'm looking for. Didn't know I needed it. Well, I didn't. I did know. It that was I so aggressive. It. I did know that I needed it. Actually, <laughs> I needed it very badly, and I got it, and I'm very happy now. Okay, I so really loved this of, film. Yeah, so we loved the film. The film is not nominated though. It is Jared Leto as Paolo Gucci. Who is the worst there? And also in the screen combo. For Jared Leto and either his 17 pound latex lace, his geeky clothes, or his ridiculous accent. So, so it's basically just a double nomination. Yeah. So you loved the film, you loved Lady Gaga, you loved Adam Driver. I love the film, I love Lady Gaga, I loved Adam Driver. Where are your feelings on these nominations? I hate Jared Leto. Okay. Um, I think he's tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. The problem is, is that I'm going to reference something that I don't know if many people have seen. But if you have seen it, you'll be like, and you've seen both of these things, you'll be like, oh my God, this is so spot on. There's a sketch show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave. I'll send this, I'll send the mm-hmm. sketch to you after. And it is um, a focus group for cars and everything's going fine. And then there's this old Italian guy in the corner. They're all saying, oh, you know, a sporty look or air conditioning. And he's like, a good steering wheel that doesn't whip out of a window when I'm driving. And that is basically Jared Leto watched that sketch and recreated it. And I'm going to send it to you afterwards. And I've actually seen famous people on Letterboxd, like actors and comedians. Sorry, it's one guy, actor slash comedian. (laughs) Right. The, his whole review was Jared Leto watched the I Think You Should Leave sketch and said, got it. <laughs> so you're in support of this nomination? Yeah, but I also think it worked in the film, so... so thank you, because this is my problem. 
I just don't know why they had to pick him. Like it could have been anyone else, and then not so, in makeup. And ugh. this is exactly my issue. They I just give him what film. he wants. He wants to be. He wants to be eccentric, and they just give him what he yeah. wants. I don't understand why everyone is so outraged about Jared Leto's accent when Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and every other fucking actor is also doing a ridiculous Italian accent. True. Jared Leto wasn't the only one doing I the did, stupid it did, accent. It did feel sillier though, but it might have been because he had a fake face on. Yeah, so I was like, I don't get why everyone is picking so much on Jared Leto, acting like he is the only one in this film doing the ridiculous I am Italian because they're all <laughs> fucking doing Look it. At my so ideas. I I that really I was like why and then I felt I think like it's just because he looked did, silly as well. So I felt like he did what he was assigned to do. I felt like he was there to be the comic relief. I felt sorry for his character. I bought into his character. I, I just don't like see he, why it had to be Jared Leto. Like. That, and I agree with that. I don't understand why he was cast. I yeah. don't have as much of a problem with him as you, probably because Team Mine's, Me really loved him. So no, I but really Team Me really loved him and he's an, it turns out he's an and he, he yeah he yeah. he there's like murmurs so that he has a cold yeah. and shit yeah so it's, it's all sorts of nonsense and and he doesn't see he seems to not be that he seems and to win he the loves Oscar and now not be a good actor and he loves method acting when it yeah, comes which to is absolute assholes yeah um but yeah so like i had no problem with his performance i felt it worked within the film i thought the film was fun i felt like he knew exactly what he was there to do and did it and did it well and i felt like they got the performance they wanted out of him yeah. i think the backlash to his performance as opposed to no backlash to anyone else's performances is ridiculous i feel like if you're going to criticize him you have to criticize the whole cast in which case i have a, i have a suggestion it shouldn't be a nomination for his acting it should be a bad nomination for casting and makeup yeah, and I agree with that because I don't know why he was cast in this. I just would have cast someone else. Yeah. I, d- I don't get the purpose of other than because they thought maybe they were going to get some makeup awards and they wanted to do the big Oscar Beatty transformation. But this it's like the whole like he Colin Farrell penguin thing, right? I haven't seen Batman, but oh, I like I like Batman. I but why 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 do you have to change someone's face so? so much yeah I don't, I don't get why just cast Colin, someone else. <laughs> Colin, that that performance is is good I, I do enjoy that okay. um but yeah maybe I... maybe that was a thing where he was like really bought into this character and he's like yeah. i really want to do this and they're like if you do it we're gonna have to change your face because you're a good looking irishman yeah. so whereas this it's just like of all the people why it him? just felt like weird casting yeah so i, I don't i i've just found because i saw the film much much later than the backlash much much after it came out and i found when watching it i was like i don't know why everyone's complaining about his accent because they are all doing well ridiculous so my, accents so here's my theory gaga adam driver al pacino it makes sense even if their accents are bad like they look the part and they mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. like they yeah. are the Gucci's in the eighties. Yeah. And I think when it comes to like, even when you saw like um, red carpet pictures, mm-hmm. Jared Leto just didn't seem to th- fit in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was bad casting. You, you know, you know that they weren't they weren't friends with him, but you just yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I I thought I thought it was very bad casting. I was I cried in this film. I cried about Paolo. 
I thought was really sad at the end when they said he died in poverty. That made me genuinely really sad because they, they, mm. they were real people and they were really mm. his family. And all he wanted was to be involved and wanted yeah. someone to tell him he had good ideas. And they abused him and they used him. And he loved his dad. Oh, and God. He loved his I family. was so. Um, I, I really despised the um, Lady Gaga's character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. that was the whole point. Yeah, I thought it was brilliantly done. It was the kind of film that we don't really get enough of anymore. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a re- it was exactly what I wanted at the time. Um, but yeah, I just found specifically that ugh, I get hating Jared Leto as a person. There does seem like a, a wealth of um, reasons to do so. Mm-hmm. But I found it very strange that like that so much of the ritual around this was about him when I didn't think he was doing anything different to what the whole rest of the cast were doing. Fair enough. Um, and I just really liked the film, so I was surprised because I thought I really it was a lot of fun. The film. Yeah, we're big Ridley Scott fans this year. Mm. Good so filmmaker, that guy. Who would have known? Who would have known, indeed? Okay, um, do 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 do. Tom and Jerry nominated oh. for worst screen combo, which we mentioned earlier. What a which fucking just, joke! Which is just straight up bullshit, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, yeah. How could you? A tale as old as time. Those two. I quite liked the Tom and Jerry movie. Oh, it's also nominated for worst prequel, remake, rip-off yeah. or sequel. I, um, um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I watched it last yeah. night. I yeah. I thought it was really interesting the storyline that they went with, basing it in the hotel, mm-hmm. um, and then and like having this human character who was Chloe Grace Moretz, who I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get her better films. Yeah, that I was shrugging. Um, <laughs> in in in, <laughs> in agreement. Um, I I thought it was a really interesting storyline to go with that kind of worked for putting their shtick into mm-hmm. like a real life scenario but there's yeah. a lot of people complaining about too much humans not enough Tom and Jerry and I do kind mm-hmm. of get that and I'd get that I think this nomination is stupid <laughs> oh, yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. have great combo I also um, really weirdly found myself heavily rooting for Chloe Grace Moretz's character and the bride to run away together yeah Right. Was I, it not just me? They that had was, that such was, chemistry. That was massive queer baiting, if you ask yeah. me. Thank you. I was like, the tension the, the those two women had. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is and, it just me? And she married Colin Jost? No. no. I mean, Scarlett Hansen married Colin Jost, so clearly the guy is uh, packing. But, like, <laughs> they, th- like, the two women had such chemistry. I was like, are we going places? Really? Is this where everyone hates I genuinely thought that that was... But no. Hook, line, and sinker. I fell for that one. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but no, uh, I yeah. thought it was fun. I think it's interesting with these kids' films, right? As we've said before, it's like, who is this really for? Because the kids that are going to watch Tom and Jerry are not going to care about the rest of the plot, which is like 80% of the plot. I yeah. do understand what they're going for. Setting Workplace it in, dynamics. <laughs> setting it in like a real world scenario. But I did I like just, the elephants. I, I like the, like, what they played around the, with the All of the, the animals. animals were yeah. animated, which is great. Yeah. I just really don't know who the audience for this was because I feel like, really, it was us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, people what, that have grown what, up with the cartoon who like films now. Yeah. They're the only what people eight-year-old would... cares about nepotism in a hotel? <laughs> no. So, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those films that's like, let's we need to give it a plot that the parents will kind of care about so yeah. that the kids just watch the animated bits. But then I reckon both parties would just feel a bit shafted by it yeah but it worked for us because we like various aspects about <laughs> films that just yeah. happen to be cobbled together and we like looking at chloe grace moritz longingly staring at a hot woman um 
Okay, next up in the worst screenplay, Twist. This film made me be embarrassed to be from England. I genuinely wanted to give my passport back by the end of this movie. Oh, I don't even want to open I've had my eyes closed for about 10 seconds since hearing that (laughs) name of the film and I can't even bear to open them. Awful. Cringe, 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 cringe. I've never seen a film so Sky One original in my life. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a film that clearly was conceptualised in 2012. 2000? No, 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 no. It had DJ Fresh written all over it. (laughs) I mean, it didn't help that Rita Ora was in it. But this was just, this was that period when I was in sixth form where it was all like drum and bass came back into fashion and it was all like big pop pop art graffiti streetwear was fashionable like it was a bit of an early noughties revival but for the for the early 2010s and like yeah Rita Ora's big tiny temper that kind of thing it was like, the Steve Buscemi hello kids meme in the form of a movie they think if that's what they think kids are like now oh my god it was you know like people make jokes I can't remember what sitcom it is but they're like they made a joke about the the kids being in being in Annie because oh no is it in Friends yeah right okay you can cut this out but in (laughs) Friends when Ross and Phoebe are talking about her being on the street Mm -hmm. and she's like oh you should write something on your food so it doesn't get taken he's like what get your hands off my grub and then Chalmers (laughs) like when you imagine Phoebe on the street is she surrounded by the entire cast of Annie (laughs) is what I'm thinking about it's how just, grown-ups think kids speak, yeah. and it's so wrong. I just love that a bunch of adults sat in a room and went, you know what, really? oh, a, a youthful remake of Twist, yes, that's oh, no, what no. the I've children got it. No, want. no, I've got it. An urban remake. Urban, yes, urban. We'll have one black woman in it, but she's not super black, because that might offend people. Oh, it's just... This was probably one of the worst of all of them. I, it made me offended to be English, and it re- reminded me of why for years I wouldn't watch English movies. And it had David Williams in, so I, well, this is what for a really long time it felt like all the English film industry was putting out, the British film industry was putting out, and British film industry has come such a long way since then, or maybe I've just opened my eyes to it, a bit of both probably, and this just felt like a step all the way back, and it was very mm. offensive. And I hate it's it just like a caricature of what people think East London is. And I don't get me wrong, I'm not from East London, but... It made Tracy Beaker seem <gasps> like Hitchcock. Oh my god, yeah. Tracy, big Tracy Beaker vibes. <laughs> yeah, it was Okay, awful. are there any more films we have not ticked off? Maybe one. Every last one of them, the other Taron Manning Ugh, movie. Um, it's another though. in the category of the Bruce Willis Hall of Fame, but Bruce isn't in it. Was there anyone big and famous in this one? Um, yeah, um... The guy from Jaws. The main guy. I've only seen Jaws once. Like, the, 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 I can't, I'm so tired. A man who um, who attacked a shark was in it. So, um, oh, what was his name? I don't know. Richard Dreyfuss. He's a huge Um. actor. Rich Dreyfus is a used actor, I do know the name. Um, and so he was it. the big star in this one. This was really, really poorly made. This was a This one didn't a, even make sense. This was a this was a revenge thriller action thing mm. where some guy doesn't know where his daughter is. Um, she's a drug addict. He hunts down the guy that the people who think, you know, are involved. 
and um, it's one of those ones where it's just like wow you've literally found a um, unused bar and made it tried to make it look like a strip club and it looks like the most decrepit awful place like in one of those the world strip clubs where you put the pan coins and the pint glasses <laughs> and it's just like the middle of the day and it's just awful and you know that it's not supposed to be like that it's yeah. supposed to be like really it's supposed to give off the vibe that the sun is like like you know uh yeah what's the word i'm looking for that the sun is basically like inherited it he's like um privileged and he just hangs out the strip club all day and like vapes and he's basically involved in this go overdosing and he's just a privileged white arsehole kind of thing and uh yeah he looks about 12 so that doesn't add up it it gave big a-level media studies vibes yeah it was shit (laughs) (laughs) i can't give any more that's all i can say and um but I we're mean, not focusing that's... on the film anyway. We're focusing on Taryn Manning's performance. And she She was bad. barely in it, but she was terrible. She's bad. She's just taking the the essence of the Pensatucky character, making it a stereotype caricature. But a rich and... Pensatucky. Imagine if Pensatucky had money. Yeah, and just doesn't understand... It, either it's t- edited terribly or she doesn't understand... How... It's all one note. Um, and also, also there was some weird be... incestuous vibes yes! with her and the brother. That's what I was just about to say. Isn't it meant to be her brother? Because it <sighs> definitely felt incestuous. They went to kiss at one point, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I was very... I rewound it because I thought she said, Your, our son's upstairs. And then I heard him call her her sister. And I rewound it. I was like, oh no, your son rather than our son. I was like, there's defo like, incest vibes here. Just why even put that in? To make them seem more evil? I don't know. I don't know. Why? Because, yeah, why did it, why did, couldn't they have just been married? I don't know. It was very I, forget, I bet they thought it added more texture to the screenplay. Texture. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's all the films. That's 22 sure? films. That's Is that 22 everything? Films. 22 films. Oh, my films. God. Wow. 22 films. Wait, no, we haven't done Vanquish. What the fuck was Vanquish nominated? Oh, Ruby Rose. fucking Ruby Rose. This this was terrible too. This so was nominated really, for really nominated for worst actress, Ruby Rose in Vanquish. I think actually this might be the one of the worst made ones. The editing, oh, I'm gonna be sick. Editing was disgusting. My most hated trope. The flashbacks. In any the flashbacks. movie is a movie that uses a flashback of something that happened in the movie. Yes. Use flashbacks all you want. But if it happened within the hour and a half runtime, I don't need a flashback because I watched the whole scene again. But they would do it in this within like two minutes. She had the whole conversation with him and then she goes on the bike and leaves and then it replays the conversation that she just had while she's going on the bike. Mm -hmm. Why? Could you not afford a score? Like, yes. It was this bad. Was Morgan Freeman, I mean, Ru- what is she doing, babes? I've never been a big fan of Ruby Rose, so it didn't surprise me that I thought she was awful in this. I think the thing is they've tried to make her an action lead because they thought it would be quite subversive. And yeah. she's, well, she's been trying to do the action stuff as well. Like, yeah, I mean, she was good in John Wick. Yeah. But she was a mute. Yeah. So, you know, you I can't really her, compare that. I hated her in Orange is the New Black. Oh, I, really I thought she that. was fine. 
Um, I didn't mind her in Batwoman, but I always I felt like she was the weakest part of Batwoman. I liked the supporting characters in Batwoman, and she left Batwoman for genuine reasons. It does sound like she was actually quite abused on the set of Batwoman, Ooh. and so like credit to her for speaking out about it. it. Sounds like she did have a fucking awful time on the set. So mm. like, much as I don't rate her as an actress, like support shout out good for her um but since leaving batwoman and being replaced with a different actress she hasn't been missed like mm. because the supporting cast were the best thing about that show mm-hmm. not her and mm-hmm. um, i i find i find her weak but i also don't think that she had any chance in hell of doing a good job there's nothing to work with nothing to work with it was just like, badly like badly written again, badly everything was bad plotted. I have to everything was bad. bad. <laughs> you have to. It's everything's not awesome. That's the Lego Movie Two song. That everything's that not that awesome. Oh, I still haven't watched that. Sorry. They they have a song where it's everything's not awesome, um, and it's okay. Um, but I wonder if the bad editing was because the film was shit and they were trying to fill out the time. But I'm like, do you know Oops. what? Maybe a movie can just be seventy minutes. Maybe you don't need to fucking pad it out to make it an hour and forty. This is if another, you don't have enough um, stuff. Yeah, this was another big shot actor. Well, not in big shot legend, in a room, doing one day's work. Not even that. At least in this one, him being in a room was at least written into the plot. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what's going on. I don't know what weighs up at the moment, but this was shit. That's all I know. I feel like with the actors that were older, when we were younger, had better contracts, and so they were getting paid out. And they didn't have mm. to keep working like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas these they actors, didn't have to do this. They didn't have they didn't to have stoop to so low. Themselves. And all these actors probably never paid their taxes and are worried about IRS. So, well, yeah. we all know that one of them did from our Jack and Jew episode. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's that. Can you tell that we're at the absolute end of our tether at this point? Um, <laughs> no. One of us is. I'm fine. <laughs> So, I've perked up. I've gone higher. <laughs> so I feel like maybe we should just quickly run through the categories and pick who we who we think is the winner here. Okay, so worst picture, Diana Musical, Infinite, Karen, Space Jam, Woman in the Window. Karen. I'm going Infinite. I can't believe that. I can't believe you've just I've done really this. I've really hated Infinite. I've really hated it. I can't believe you're saying that that's a better made film than Karen. I found it less annoying. <sighs> Moving on. Worst Worst director, uh, Christopher Ashley for Diana Musical, Stephen Schwartzky for Dear Evan Hansen, Coke Daniels for Karen, Rennie Harley for The Misfits, and Joe Wright for The Woman in the Window. Coke Daniels for Karen. Uh, Rennie Harlan for The Misfits. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I can't believe this. Daisy's about to hang up the call. Uh, Worst actor, Scott Eastwood, Dangerous, and Dylan D. Foster. Roe Hartramp, Diana Musical as Prince Charles. LeBron James, Space Jam, A New Legacy as himself. Ben Platt, Dear Evan Hansen as Evan Hansen. And Mark Wahlberg, Infinite as Evan McCauley and Heinrich Treadway. Now, I'm going to say LeBron James, not because I just (laughs) didn't want to do that again, but more so that it feels harsh because he isn't an actor and he did an an okay job, but he also isn't an actor. (laughs) <laughs> so he didn't act very well <laughs> and I am obviously going for Mark Wahlberg in Infinite as Evan McCauley and Heinrich Treadway I just don't understand why you hated it so much but I really 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 really, really hated it okay worst actress 
Amy Adams, The Woman in the Window as Dr. Anna Fox, Sheena DeWall in Dan in the Musical as Princess Diana, Megan Fox, Midnight in the Switchgrass as Re Rebecca Lombardi, Taryn Manning as Karen as Karen Duxler, and Ruby Rose vanquished oh. as Victoria. This is hard between Taryn Manning and Ruby Rose. Mm, it is. Um, do you know what, though? I'm actually going to go with Ruby Rose on this one because I think Taryn Manning actually harnessed the unhinged. And although it wasn't fantastic, it worked for it. Ruby Rose was just bland. So. Yeah, Taryn Manning is giving a bad performance in a bad film, but you know that's the performance she was asked to give, whereas mm -hmm. Ruby Rose in Vanquish is just not giving a good performance. I agree. Mm -hmm. Worst supporting actress, Ben Affleck in The Last Jewel as Count Pierre de Anglon, uh, Nick Canning in The Misfits as Ringo, Mel Gibson in Dangerous as Dr. Alderwood, Gareth Keegan in Diana the Musical as James Hewitt, and Jared Leto in House of Gucci as Paolo Gucci. I'm going to go with Gareth Keegan purely just because it doesn't feel like anywhere near a role compared to the other ones. Sad. So he's not bad, but I feel like even Mel Gibson had something to do mm -hmm. and brought something to the plot. And I know obviously that the character was part of the plot, but it's just like I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. He didn't really give me anything. So sorry, Gareth. I'm going. Nick Cannon in The Misfits. Fair enough. Worst Supporting Actress. Amy Adams in Dear Evan Hansen as Cynthia Murphy. Sophie Kickson in Infinite as Nora Brightman. Erin Davey in Diana Musical as Camilla Parker-Bowles. Judy Kaye, Diana Musical as both Queen Elizabeth II and Barbara Cartland. And Taryn Manning in Every Last One of Them as Maggie. Absolutely Taryn Manning. Like, oh, just god-awful. Completely agree. Um, so we, well, I agree with you on women, just not on men. <laughs> uh, worst screen combo any clumsy cast member and any lamely lyricised or choreographed musical number down in the musical LeBron James and any Warner cartoon character or Time Warner product he dribbles on <laughs> LeBron James Legacy. it's the only thing keeping Leto me going and either his 17 pound latex face his geeky clothes or his ridiculous accent in House of Gucci Ben Platt and any other character who acts like Platt singing 24-7 is normal in Dear Evan Hansen and Tom and Jerry, aka Itchy and Scratchy in Tom and Jerry. I'm going to say, and not because of his performance necessarily, but what we discussed about Jared Leto, it was all of the gunk, all of the gunk and the faff that made him look silly. Um, so if we're going to really think about the actual combination of which they've listed, mm -hmm. I'm going to go for that one. I'd like to do a writing ballot that the worst screen combo was all of these nominations because none of these screen combos <laughs> were bad and this was a stupid category. Yeah. But if I also I think I think my actual nomination would be um Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly considering they're actually a couple. Oh, mine would be Taryn Manning and the bloke from every last one of them <laughs> and their weird incest vibes. And their brother. Yeah. <laughs> Why the weird incest vibes? Um, mm. worst... Why you gotta be incest? <laughs> Why you gotta go there? Uh, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel? Karen, an inadvertent remake of Cruella. Again, how? How? And um, why not be a ripoff of a real life thing or a ripoff of a meme? It's a ripoff of many yeah. things, but not Cruella. Mm -hmm. uh, Space yeah. Jam: A New Legacy. Tom and Jerry twist rap remake of Oliver Twist and the woman in the window. It's not rap. It's not. It's got no rap in it whatsoever. And a rip off of Rear Window. Absolutely twist all day every day. It's shit. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> weird. It's not a rap remake, but it is an urban, as you said, an urban remake. And absolutely. But it's twist. not a. It's <laughs> urban <laughs> yeah, in terms of uh, British that's like media a whole, people. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, worst, Oi. <laughs> worst screenplay, Diana the Musical, Karen, The Misfits, Twist, or The Woman in the Window? Twist. Because of that god-awful dialogue. Concur. Get in the bin. Get in the bin. Uh, weren't they in bins at one point? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> and the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2020... Wait, what did you pick? Did you agree? I agreed. Twist. Okay. Where, where possible... It's Twist. Twist is probably the only <laughs> film I liked less than Infinite. Oh my God. <laughs> we, so Twist should actually be Worst Picture then. It wasn't nominated, was it? It wasn't no. an option. It wasn't an option. It's our, it's our choice, though, really, isn't it? Uh, worst Performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. American Siege, Apex, Cosmic Sin, Deadlock, Fortress, Midnight in the Switchgrass, Out of Death, or Survive the Game. Can you remember which this- ones are which? This is tough. I'm going to say... Oh, it's a toss-up between two. It's a toss-up between Apex and Fortress. Apex, because he just seems to be... my two favourites. Ugh. Not performance, though. Right? No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Performance-wise, yeah, you're correct. Fortress, I just feel like he... Like, and I'm sorry if he is ill, but, like, it would make a lot of sense because he just seemed to not even be understanding what was going on around him. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesse Metcalf was having this really, like, big emotional moment about, like, him, like, you know, this big company and it mm-hmm. needs him to help and all this. And he just had this wry smirk <laughs> on his face and was, like, laughing at shit. It's just really weird. And then, um, what was the other one that I said? Apex. Um, Apex, like... Again, like saying the lines to him and him saying them back as if he has no context of the whole conversation. It's literally someone going, "Say this line," and he says it however they, he wants to. We also forgot to mention that one. there's just, a weird and then he AI does this girl. at the end. But there's also like the yeah. weird AI girl that just talks to him yeah. as a weird like Hunger Games voiceover, but she's never in yeah. the room with him. I'm going to. I mean, I thought it at the time, so I'm going to go for it. Fortress. I literally sat there and watched him, and I went, "This is his worst." I'm so, going fortress. with Apex, despite I really enjoyed the film for Neil oh, McDonough, it was definitely Bruce Willis's weakest performance, watching him stumble round a field pretending to be high on berries and lightly was, being the, high. But the music, the music with it as well was like bumbling, it was like bum, yeah. bum, bum, it was, bum. It was strange, it was a strange, yeah, very strange, um, and I just wanted to watch Neil McDonough kill a load of people. I would have liked Neil McDonough to just be in The Hunt, I enjoyed The Hunt, um, <laughs> but there we go. There we have it, Daisy. Three hours of recording. It is half eleven at night, and you know what we still have so to do? Done. Our top three. Yeah, we do. But it's fine, because I don't really feel like we need to do a hell of a lot of explaining no. on these ones if we don't want to. No. But I'm really excited, although I don't sound it in my voice, for this idea that I came up with. Because we were like, mm, do we pick our favourites of the Razzies? No, that's really difficult because we don't have any favourites. Do we pick our favourite films that are nominated for Oscars? No, Daisy hasn't seen any of those. <laughs> do we just pick our favourites? Mm, feels a bit far from what we're talking about. How about the films that we loved... That you all hate it. <laughs> so we've come up with a few few to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that none of them are going to be the same. Cool. Because I hadn't watched that many. And I don't think we have that similar taste, mm-hmm. to be honest. So I'm happy to just give off my three. Go for it. Okay. Not in any particular order. Um, this one is probably the least... Not the least divisive, but I think it got a bit more of an average score than the other two did. Is I care a lot. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So quite a lot of people really d- it didn't sit well with them, and I get that. But 
I kind of liked that. I really liked like, it. I really liked Rosamund Pike. Mm. She was detestable. Everyone in it's detestable, and oh, I think some people Eliza just can't. Eliza Gonzalez. Some people just can't get on with films where they can't relate to anyone, mm-hmm. or if the only person they can relate to is suffering, mm-hmm. and that's a hard watch. But I thought, yeah, it was really interesting. Thought it was really dynamically made. Mm-hmm. But I know that it was a bit controversial because mm-hmm. of the content. So that's one of them. My second one is Venom 2. Mm. I've still not <laughs> seen Venom lo- 1. It was a load of shit, but I it was in hysterics because I really ha- I have this like penchant for puppets and weird voices and like things that are a little bit cutesy in weird ways. And I just feel like Venom's like that, where it's like silly voice, mm-hmm. silly conversations, silly comments. Yeah. Like he gets, he gets a tiny, he gets like a, like a postcard but it's got like tiny writing on it mm-hmm. and it's all filled with tiny writing and then you just hear venom go are you a pen pal with ants <laughs> and it's just the most stupid thing ever and he literally my boyfriend didn't even hear him say it because it was just so throwaway and i was like i was like wheezing <laughs> in the cinema about that so no not a great film but funny mm-hmm. i enjoyed it i had fun um, and the last one, which is a little bit more of an obvious one, I think, is old. I M. Night Shyamalan's always. It. I will watch I it eventually it. one day. M. Night Shyamalan's always going to divide people. Um, I like him because I like him being outlandish, and I, and I think his outlandish ways make some people roll their eyes. But that's what I buy my ticket for. Mm-hmm. I went to an early screening for it. It's not what I expected. I thought it was. I mean, good horror, like visually, um, and an interesting concept. But I know he is just naturally a divisive kind of filmmaker. So I don't think everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. So there are my three. Thank you. Um, so my, fr- I've not, I've only seen a pair a lot of yours. Um, my three, my first one is Halloween Kills. And I don't get what the fuck you're all fucking complaining about. It was a riot. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. So shit. So shit. It was a riot. I had a great fucking time. Judy Greer being her best fucking self. Judy Greer was good. I saw it at Venice at like eight in the morning and we all came out and we all thought it was great. We all thought it was really camp and then it leaned into the ridiculousness. And I think it was aware of how camp it was. And I think it was aware of how stupid it was. And I had a great fucking time, and I don't know what you all want from these movies because <laughs> that was giving you what you wanted. And if that's not what you wanted, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and long live Judy Greer. I love her. That, that was that's my one. <laughs> MVPs, Big John, Little John. Yes, Big John, Little John. Oh my god. I wrote about them in my review. I loved them. Um what a highlight to say that I went to like the ridiculous like Venice Film Festival to watch Halloween. Films. I know I those two things didn't compute in my head, but <laughs> it's cause, um, maybe I'm being snobby. No, it's because Jamie Lee Curtis was getting an award um, for like for Lifetime, whatever, and that was the only film mm. that they had to show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the other, my second choice is going to be Malcolm and Marie, which came out in January. You know, I never ended up watching that. Right. I got to see an early cut of this film and I 
loved it. Like, not an early cut, like, early release. Um, yeah. Because I got a screener for it, like, before it came out. And I poured myself some whiskey, and I watched it, and I loved it, and I thought it was intense and brilliant and beautifully acted and dynamically staged and just choreographed to perfection. And I was so engrossed, and I thought Zendaya gave one of the best performances I've ever seen, and I gave it a five-star review, and I honestly thought Zendaya would be getting Oscar nominations, and then all the other reviews came out, and everyone fucking banned it, and said it was shit, shit. and said it was up itself, because it talks about not liking critics, and I was like, why are you all paying attention to that character? Why are you all paying attention to Malcolm being a dickhead? Why are none of you paying attention to Marie, and how wonderful she is um and yeah like jokes on me because uh people did not like that film mm. <laughs> um, and sundaya sundaya what sounds like they took it a bit too personally it didn't help as well that like sundaya looks about 16 she does look very young but she isn't 16 she is in her mid-20s yeah yeah she's got she's a she's got a very thin frame yeah and so she looks like, way so, fish and yeah, tiny yeah yeah, uh, but I felt like that was implied in the in the film as well. I loved it. I don't just hate us. What's wrong? I will watch it eventually. You'll probably hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really hate things that often. <laughs> she says at the end of a three hour podcast when she's like, "Hate shit, shit, hate lost the one to live." All of this crap. And then the last one I'm going to go for, which I didn't think was poorly received, but according to Letterboxd it was, um, is Dashcam, which is by the guy that did Host. So I gave it four stars. I didn't even realise that had a wide release yet. Well, I don't know. But according to Letterboxd, it only has a 2.7 rating, which I thought was very low. It surprises me. Batshit. It is very strange. The actress is a real person basically playing herself who might be a right-wing supremacist. So there's some complicated things around Ooh, the film. It was very like strange. That. But I saw it at London Film Festival um, with a bunch of lovely critic friends. And my reaction to the film was some of the highlights for them because <laughs> I lost my fucking mind screaming and trying to bury myself in the seat because I just couldn't stop screaming and everything that was happening was very intense and it was just a lot. Um, and I made some friends that day because of my very over-the-top reactions and it just, it was a great, Aww. terrifying time Good at memories. the cinema. Good memories. Very strange film. And there we go. That's it. They're the ones. I am going to sleep. Well, I can't sleep forever, but I'm so, um, you know when, you know when like a big project is done? Mm-hmm. And then you can be like, ah. Oh. But Daisy, it's not over because you've got to oh. come back next week to talk about Cosmic Sin in detail with our lovely friends Dan and Joe from the Dan and Joe no. Club Show. No, 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 be fine. So it's I'll not quite over. Just like we had to go back and do three, six, five days last year, gonna go back and do like, Cosmic Sin this year. I feel like it will be fine because I'll be refreshed because yes. I won't have been watching. Razzie films for the past six weeks. This has been a great experience. I've loved doing it, but I'm just I need to I need to recover. I need to recover. Okay. Thank well, you for joining us uh, in this uh, journey. Yeah. Sorry that I've become extremely deflated in the past 
three hours the of recording. The that I'm splitting this episode in two, so you're going to have a really upbeat episode and a really downbeat episode. And you're going to be like, what happened to Daisy? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the life has been drained from her soul. Yeah. Um, that's what happens when I'm committed to the craft, you know, sold my soul to the devil with this one, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'll be back with a vengeance next episode. Woo. I promise. So as you can hear, the Razzies have defeated us, but I think we're glad that we got it through to the finish line. Have you seen any of these films, though? Do you think that any of these points that we've made fair? Do you feel like potentially some of these are actually Oscar winners? Who knows? Everyone's opinion is valid, except when you're wrong. No, I'm joking. Um, do let us know what you think. This is obviously so many films to talk about, so I'm sure there are lots of people out there who have seen various combinations of these. Um, I'm really intrigued to see if anyone's watched as many Bruce Willis films as we have. But um, yeah, please do get in touch and let us know. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WRatedPod and on Letterboxd at WRated. Claire, where can we find you on the socials? At Claire Ellen Hope on Twitter and on Instagram easy peasy and you can find me at daisy vic edwards on twitter and daisy victoria edwards on instagram and letterboxd and uh yeah big thanks for sticking with us through this two two parter i guess you're gonna do a two part yeah. for this one um always thankful to have people listening to our chats and engaged and enjoying them and you know talking to us on on socials and yeah just sticking with us for all of this time it makes it all worth it so if you do enjoy listening to the podcast give us a follow give us a uh, give us a subscribe um that'll be the one and uh go on just give us a rating and review as well look at how hard we've worked (laughs) listen to the pain in our voice my voice (laughs) when it comes to these things um, just kidding but no it would be great if you um if you do enjoy it um to give us a rating and review and uh yeah hope you can join us for the next episode uh where we take on our next worst rated film which as mentioned is cosmic sin with some special guests see you then